0: Hey, thanks for listening with Sanctuary. We're excited to grow in the knowledge of Jesus with you. Now let's get into the Word. Somebody said, His kingdom comes. Maybe this is our last one, I'm not sure. But I want to talk to you today about created for a kingdom. Created for a kingdom. His kingdom comes. You were created for a kingdom. What gives you hope uh, today? What gives you hope? What gives me hope today? Uh, I want you to imagine something you've been planning for for a while. Maybe something you used to plan for, you had planned for, something maybe you're planning for right now. And that it's about to come to pass. Let me give you an example. Maybe uh, it's for many months you've been living in the in-between, and that day is finally Nearing, Maybe you've been working hard for that big vacation. Maybe some of y'all, I hear, man, I've saved up my whole life, and me and my wife finally get to go across country, all right? There's planning, the working, living in the in-between, but then that finally the now, that day's finally arrived. Or maybe some of you worked for years, and you remember the moment uh, that you were about to be retired for the first time. Some of you are living in the in-between right now. You're looking forward to the day that you finally get to retire. Maybe... Uh, Maybe something a little smaller, like uh, we've saved up all year to buy a pool for our house, and you're about to take that first swim. Or maybe if you're my kids, uh, you live between birthday and Christmas, and you're living in the in between, waiting to open you presents at your birthday, but now you're waiting to open presents at Christmas. Sometimes we live in the in between. How many know what I'm talking about? And sometimes in the in between, it's a little difficult. Uh, it can get discouraging if it goes on for a long while. It can even get uh, uh, heavy for all the hard work that you're doing to get you through to what you've been expecting. When you're living in the in-between, it can be uh, even almost to the point where you're like, I don't know if I'm going to make it to what I'm looking for. For instance, to get through, you've got to hold on to the thing that you're looking forward to. And if you settle in the now, and you give up on that thing, what does it mean? It means you've changed your destination. If the now becomes your focus, it means you've lost faith in what you are following. If the now, and in the in-between, it just becomes, well, this is what it is, this is what's going to be, and you lose focus on what you are following, that means that, that I'm just here, I'm just living in this middle. This is what I'm going to make the best of right here, right now. Let me tell you something, there are millions of people around the world that are living in the in-between. We're living for the now and in the now, and we've lost faith and focus on what we're following. The now has become so many people's destination. But the now can be heavy, it can be distressing, it can be discouraging. Uh, For instance, I might think, well, uh, I want to find fulfillment in being a mom or a dad or a grandma or grandpa maybe it's your career your talents uh, maybe those abilities and that's good we want to find fulfillment in those things but let me tell you something many accomplished people will tell you that even that's not enough you see those trophies will collect dust and they'll rust that fame will one day be forgotten those children that you endure so much will grow up and move out And sometimes if our focus is on the now and all of our hope is on the in-between, what are you going to hold on to when life isn't fair? What do you hold on to when bad things actually do happen to good people? What do you hold on to when you don't get rich like you hoped you got rich? And what do you hold on to when you do get sick and it doesn't get any better? What do you hold on to when you lose someone that you love in the in-between? You see, you can have hope because you were not made for the in-between. You weren't made for the now. You are created for a kingdom. Somebody say amen. Amen. You see, before God ever formed the foundation of the earth, He had a plan. He had a plan to create a kingdom for His Son. And it was His good intention and His good will that through His Son... You, too, would be created for a kingdom. I'm going to tell you a timeless story, and we're going to go back to the very beginning, before there was ever light in life, before God ever formed the foundation of the earth, before God ever created the cosmos. Scripture says that for those who would choose Christ, God already knew that choice, and He created a kingdom for you. He created a kingdom for you. He put your name in the blueprints of heaven before he ever had the foundation of the world laid. And that's why even in the in-between, even in the now, I have hope. That's what gives me hope, that I was created for a kingdom. Look at this with me in Matthew 25, verse 31. If you're there, somebody say, amen. Amen. All right, created for a kingdom Let's go back where we're with Jesus. It's about the night He was betrayed, right right on the Mount of Olives. And He's telling His disciples about the end. He's telling them about signs that would come. And He's preaching from Daniel and Isaiah, specifically Daniel 12. And He's told them about a parable of a seed in the sower. He's told them about a bride waiting, bridesmaids waiting for the groom. He says, there's going to be this long period before I come back. And you should wait and be ready and and work hard and be diligent and and be a good laborer and a good servant. And I'm going to come and and I'm going to bring judgment on the nations, on the world. But I'm going to tell you there's going to be signs that are going to show you that I'm coming soon. But when I come, it's going to be very quick. It's going to be very unexpected. But when I come, I'm going to bring my kingdom. I'm going to usher in a new millennium, and you're going to see the Son of Man coming in all of his glory. Amen? Amen. And this is that, that context. So here's what he says in Matthew 25, verse 31. For when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the angels with him, he will sit on his glorious throne. All the nations will be gathered before him, and he will separate them from one another, as the shepherd separates the sheep from the goats. And he'll put the sheep on his right and he'll the goats on his left and then the king will say to those on his right, come you who are blessed of my father inherit. Listen to this. Inherit the kingdom. What's the next word? Prepared for you. From when? The foundation of the world. And then go to verse 41 a few verses down. And he'll say to those on his left, Depart from me, accursed ones, into the eternal fire, which has been what? Prepared for who? For the devil and his angels. Inherit the kingdom prepared for who? You. From when? Before the foundations of the world. Man, that's cool. I don't know. I've just been really focused on this verse this last couple of weeks just to know there is a kingdom prepared for me from before the foundations of the world. You know when you are an architect which I am not but I've had some we built some houses we've done construction here and, and up in the previous churches we've built buildings and before you ever lay a foundation what do you do? You get an architect you pay him a lot of money and he makes the blueprints he has a design you make a plan and this first point is that in the beginning before the foundation was laid God had a plan for you. Man, that gives me hope that no matter what I'm going through, God already knew. He has this whole thing figured out. He's got a plan, a blueprint. This master architect from before the foundation of the world said, I'm going to create a kingdom for them. When you see the world all crazy, just know that this is all part of God's plan. You see, before the bedrock of the earth, God had a bedrock plan. He had an ancient structure to build on, and that structure was Christ, that Christ would become the good, firm foundation. He would be the chief cornerstone. Everything would be built upon Him. In fact, the Bible says the whole world was created through Him, and nothing has ever come into being that could ever come into being except through Christ. Christ was the foundation that God said, let there be light, and there was light. It was all through Him. He was the Word of God, and He made things come to be. There's not anything that's ever been that hasn't come to be, through but except through Christ. And he says Christ is the foundation of even life itself, and that Christ had a, God had a plan in Christ. John one three. All things came to being through Him, and apart from Him, as nothing came to being that has come to be. Before the light of the sun and the stars, there was the light of God in Jesus Christ. In John 17, Jesus said, Father, I know that you love me before the foundation of the world. There was a glory that I had with you before we even started this whole plan. And God, I'm waiting to get back to that glory. The Bible says that God gloried, the Father gloried in the Son, John 17, 5. So before the cosmos was ever created, God and the Father, God the Father, and Jesus, the Son of God, had a conversation they had a conversation in 1 Peter 1 says that they decided that before the foundation of the world, Jesus would become the Lamb of God. That before anybody ever fell, they had a conversation. Peter says he is the Lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. What does that mean? That God had a plan. God had a plan that His Son would die for a man, but yet God said in Genesis 1.26, hey, let's make man in our image according to our likeness. And He blessed him. He favored him. And He said, let him rule, let him have dominion. And God, what is He doing? God gave man entrance into His kingdom. He said, I'm going to bless him in my fellowship. I'm going to give him dominion over the things I've created. I'm going to invite him. Let him make us, uh, let us make man in our image. They invited man into this triune relationship, into their oneness, because God wanted fellowship with man. This was all part of God's plan. But before he even ever did that, he said, son, I want you to know these guys, they're going to fall to temptation." They're going to disappoint us. And Jesus said, that's okay, Dad. I'll be the lamb that was slain before the foundation of the world. God knew we were going to fall, and yet God made man anyway because it's part of this master architect. What would God do to fix this when man fell to temptation? How many people like secrets? Now, y'all probably, it's Christmas season. Y'all might be buying gifts, hiding them. You know, if you got special places, how many like big surprises that, you know, if you told them it wouldn't be as cool, but you, you hide something? Or maybe you're romantic husbands or, or ladies and you've given them little secrets, little hints along the way to the final big lead up. You know, if I've ever I've got something big, like, a, like a, a vehicle, I remember, you know, what do you open? You open just the keys, right? Isn't that what y'all do? You just open the keys. It's the key to the new four wheeler, the side beside, or your new boat or whatever. You just get a fishing rod or a lure, and then that's a little bit of a hint of what you're about to open next, right? And the Bible says that God, through Christ, made a mysterious plan. Colossians 2, 3, God hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge in Christ. It was a veiled mystery. What do you say? That the woman, through her seed, that that seed would be a son, and that son would crush the serpent's head. Well, what does that mean? It's a little present. That's a little hint. Then Isaiah comes along, Isaiah 9. He says, and the virgin will uh, bear a child, and he will be a son to us, and he will sit on the throne of his father David, and we'll know him as wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace, and his kingdom, his throne will have no end. What is he saying? That he's coming to bring you a kingdom. He's coming to give you his access into his marvelous plan again. See, these were mysteries Matthew 13 says that Jesus came speaking things hidden since the foundation of the world. Now you might not think this is cool, but I do because I think that when God begins to show you how much He's orchestrating this whole universal plan, it's showing you how much He loves you. How much He's got this whole thing figured out. When you feel like doubt and fear and despair, how am I going to make it between the in-between? I'm, I'm, I'm looking ahead, but I'm, I'm losing faith in what I'm following. I'm focused on making now the best of it. My destination is here and lost and, and, and figuring out how I'm going to get through this season and this time. And here's Peter. What is Peter? 1 Peter one twenty. But for He was foreknown before the foundation of the world, and He has appeared in these last times for the sake of you. He who was known before the foundation of the world has appeared in these last times for you. For you, Mark, and for you, Bradley, and for you, Craig, for you, Cullen, that he appeared in this day, in this hour, in this exact right time for you for you you see I don't claim you know there's different types of theology I don't claim to be a Calvinist but I know this if you claim Christ the Bible says he claimed you before the foundations of the world God foreknew your choice before he ever made the world he knew your name And he wrote your name in the blueprints of heaven. And he claimed you because he knew you would claim him. And that conversation was says, Dad, before we ever get this thing started, I'm going to go for them. You see, this gives me confident hope that I have faith to follow him in the in-between. I'm not going to despair in the now because I know my destination. And you don't have to despair in the now, because you can know your destination, that you've got a king who you were created to be in his kingdom. So there's the beginning, but there's a blessing and a cursing. So let's go to the next part. There's the beginning, that before the foundation of the world, God created you to be a part of his everlasting kingdom. But there's a blessing and a cursing. So he says, "There's sheep and goats in this day. who's going to get in here?" You know, uh, sheep and goats. I don't have any goats yet. Uh, my wife wants one of those little bare, hairless hamsters, and I'm still saying no about that. You know, that she's like, "I want a hippopotamus for Christmas," and uh, I'm not getting goats or hamsters or dogs or anything else. Oh, I've done that before, and then you're stuck with it for years until they die. Okay, but he says there are sheep and there are goats. You know, there's a difference here in sheep and goats. Uh, sheep uh, know they need a shepherd. Goats need a shepherd. But uh, ancient shepherds, even shepherds today in the Himalayas, say that uh, there is a difference between sheep and goats. One is not only that are their temperament, but most of the time when sheep and uh, when shepherds had flocks in the ancient world, they had herds of hundreds or maybe even thousands, and there were sheep and goats mixed together. And they would take them from one place to another, and sheep uh, have a really, not the greatest dietary uh, digestion system, let's say that way. They have to have good grass. Goats they can eat brush and wild things, and their digestion system is a little easier. And they can go up on the hills and eat the, the wild grasses, but sheep stay lowly in the, in the valleys eating the good grass. So not only did it, is there a separation there but if they allowed them to go up and the sheep to go up with the goats uh, these shepherds say that as the goats go up these cliffs to get the grasses that nobody else wants they often cause rocks to fall and kill the sheep. So shepherds, before they cross to the next pasture, will separate the sheep and goats. and it's a very hard work to do, but shepherds know what a sheep looks like and what a goat looks like. And in fact, they have separate calls on how to whistle, and they have a little stick, and they begin to go through the herd as they get there, putting the goats to the hillside and to go up, and the sheep to go to pasture in safety. And Jesus is speaking about that, he's saying, "It's going to be like that. I'm going to know who you are and what you've done. I'm going to know your nature." I'm going to know your dietary restrictions. I'm going to know what you like and dislike. I'm going to know exactly who you are. The Bible says that when he comes, he's going to sit on this glorious throne, and his angel's going to be called, and the court's going to come, and he's going to stand there, every man, woman, boy, and girl are going to stand there before this great, majestic king, and he's going to know you into the depths of your soul. there'll be nothing hidden from him, and you can hide it from your spouse, you can hide it from your kids, you can hide it from Facebook and social media, but you won't hide it from the king of kings. He's going to come and appear, and everyone will give an account to who you are. And listen, you might live in the in-between right now, but there will be no in-between then. There will be two choices, right or left, sheep or goat, righteous or unrighteous, good or evil, saved and unsaved. Two choices. There's no hiding in the in-between. See, you weren't made for the in-between, you weren't made for the now. You were created for a kingdom. And look what He says... Because there is two options, you know, from the very beginning of the Bible, uh, God has always set before people both blessing and cursing. Even to Moses, to Abraham, He says, "I will bless those who bless you and curse those who curse you." You know that that was really not for them; that was really for Christ. He says, "I'll make I'll bless the nations through you." Well, that really wasn't Abraham; that was Jesus. And He says, "I'll bless those who bless you. I'll bless those who bless my son, and I'll curse those who curse my son." He lays before you today, even Joshua, there is a blessing and a cursing. I lay before you two choices. You follow Christ and go with Him into everlasting life, or you fail to worship Christ. And here's what he says. There's two options. There will be a cursing. Those who uh, receive the curse will receive the same curse He gave to Satan in the garden. He says, depart from me accursed one's Matthew 25, 41, into the eternal fire which has been prepared. Who's it prepared for? He says, It's not prepared for you. I didn't prepare this place for you before the foundations of the world. Before the foundations of the world, I prepared this place for who? The devil and his angels. Remember what Peter said? God is not willing that any should perish, but he's patient, he's slow, he's, he's concerning for this plan to be accomplished. He doesn't want anyone to go into this place because he's not prepared that place for them. He's not wishing for any to perish, but all to come to repentance. But this is option one. Go to the place prepared for the devil and his angels. And then there's the, that's the option of cursing. Then there's the option of blessing. He says, come who are blessed. Matthew 25, verse 40. Come who are blessed. Inherit love. Love this. Inherit the kingdom prepared for you. Prepared for you from the foundation of the world. You know, those of you who built a house. I know these guys have built a house here recently. You know a house might take 12 months, 6 months if you're lucky maybe a year and a half. Can you imagine a house that's being built, a kingdom being prepared from before the foundation of the world? Let me tell you they got some fancy light switches in that kingdom. The crown molding is going to be off the chain. The gold bathroom or something. I mean it's, it's something. And that's, not, that's metaphorical but I want you to understand something. What God has prepared, the Bible says, no, I can even imagine, hasn't even entered the heart of man, what God has in store for those who who love Him and are called according to His purpose. There's not anything we could ever begin to imagine how God has crafted something for you. And He says, I set before you blessing and cursing. I don't know about you, but I choose blessing. If i got two options, you want a number one or number two at McDonald's, that's that's maybe harder. But if you say before, you want to go to a place prepared for the devil and his angels, or you want to go to a place prepared for you from the foundation of the world, I choose option number two. He says, this is something I've always wanted to do for you and to be with you he says, this is for those who fear the Lord, who give attention to His Word, who esteem His name. Malachi said, this is a, there is a book of remembrance that has their names written before the foundation of the world. Uh, Revelation says it, uh, he says, it was written from the foundation of the world. Revelation thirteen eight that God knew their names. And from the foundation of the world, knowing what they would choose, how they would choose Christ, He foreknew their names, and He wrote them in a book, and He said, these are the people. And he says, son, would you go for them? And he says, yes, dad. I will be the lamb slain for them. I will give them my kingdom. I'll create a kingdom for them, and I'll write it in my own blood. Ephesians 4. 4, he chose us in him before the foundation of the world, that we would be holy and blameless before him. You see, you have an option today to choose Christ. He says, blessed are those who are poor in spirit who are mourners of sin, who are gentle, who are hungry and thirsty for righteousness, who are merciful, who are pure in heart, who are peacemakers, who are persecuted for his righteous sake. See, there's a day coming when Revelation chapter 1, verse 6 says, when he finally appears, there's going to be this statement made. It says, he has made them to be a kingdom. Priests to his God and Father. You see, you are made for a purpose. You are not made to have a 401K and even to be a mom or a dad to live in Belar, Somerville or Nebo or Gina. You are created for a kingdom. He had it in mind before the foundation of the world what you and him would do together for all eternity. And there's a day coming when he finally comes and it'll be said that today's the day He's made them to be His kingdom. You see, you cannot live in the in-between. Some of us today have made the in-between and the now our focus. We've lost faith in what we've been following. We've made now our destination. I'm gonna tell you something. You make now your destination. You make this life what it's all about and make it up. This is about the American dream. This is about me having a good life and having a good family. This is about me making a lot of money. This is about me making my mark on the world. You want to make it about the now? That's going to get real depressing real quick. It's going to get real discouraging when life doesn't go your way, when you do get sick, when you don't get rich, when you do lose something, when it doesn't work out the way you thought it would. You're going to have to have something more to hold on to. And I choose to believe I was created for a kingdom. I was created to spend my eternity with the Almighty God who knew my name, wrote it down in the Lamb's Book of Life before the world was ever spoken to existence. He had me in mind. And that's what gives me hope. And no matter what this world looks like, I have a God who knew my name and has a plan for me. You are created for a kingdom. And I'll close with this. There's a beginning, there's a blessing, and there's a becoming. Oh, man, the becoming. Look with me in Revelation 11.15. If there's a verse to put on your refrigerator, man, this is is one of them. Revelation 11.15. And the angel the seventh angel he shouted there was loud voices in heaven and here it is the kingdom of the world has become somebody say become the kingdom of the world has become it's become it's become the kingdom of our Lord and of His Christ. There is a day coming when the kingdom of this world is going to become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. When the final blueprint is said done, I'm done. It's finished. God, I finished the blueprint. Now start building it. Remember what Jesus said? It's finished on the cross. God, I've done it. It's completed. And now He said, I've gone to prepare a place for you. I'm leaving to go finish something that I started with God years ago before the foundation of the world has ever been spoken to existence dad and i had a plan and it's finished and now i'm leaving to go finish the final touches but guess what i'm coming back again one day and i'll bring you and there's going to come a day where the prepared bride is going to see what her groom the home he's prepared for her and it says there's going to come a moment when he splits that eastern sky and he sets his feet on the mount of olives and it's going to be said the kingdom of this world has now become the kingdom of the lord and savior jesus christ Every dark alley is going to be lit up with the glory of God. Every murderer will never hide, rapist, vile criminal. Every person will stand there before our God. There will not be any more depression, nor night, nor violence, nor greed, nor anger, nor wrath, nor malice, nor lust. Everything will be laid before Him, and light will light up the world. The Bible says there will be no night there for the Son of God. Well, His light will light up this world, and it's not just a physical light. It will be a spiritual light that takes over this world every place on this planet will become the kingdom of our Lord. There will be an, uh, a permeating, a hostile takeover. It will be absorbed. It will be completely transformed. And that's why we're called to pray, Your kingdom come, Your will be done. What will that look like? Daniel 7, 18 says, When... That day happens, and the kingdom has become the kingdom of our Lord. It says, Daniel seven eighteen: the saints of the highest one, they'll receive the kingdom, and they'll possess that kingdom forever for all ages to come. You see Christ comes and He gains this kingdom and he, God gives it to Him and He says He will reign until He's put all enemies under His feet. He'll abolish death, He'll throw Satan into the lake of fire, and all of His enemies will be under His footstep. He will reign and He will bring righteousness, peace, and justice over the earth. And it says, and then He will hand the kingdom over to you. That's pretty cool. I don't know about you. That's pretty awesome. That everything Christ has built and worked for and gained through the death and burial and resurrection, at the second coming, he says, Here you go. I created you for this kingdom. Come rule and reign with me. Everything I've made, I didn't make it for the angels, I didn't make it for the the animals, I didn't make it for this stuff here. I've made it for you. Come sit with me at my Father's table. You see there's coming a day when the kingdom, the God, the Father chose gladly to give His Son. He will give it to you. Paul said this is a predestined purpose that will be finished. Ephesians 1.11 Christ will receive a kingdom and He will give it to you. It says that no eye has seen, ear has heard, not entered into the heart of man all that God has prepared. Prepared, prepared, prepared. I go to prepare a place for you that will be made known. You see, there will be a new creation because you'll be a new creation. There will be a new heaven and earth. And that place, what will it be like? Isaiah 65, 18 says that God has created that city, that place for rejoicing and for gladness for His people. Can you imagine a place that's specifically designed to have happiness? You go to New York City, It has not been specifically designed to have happiness. You go to Alexandria, Louisiana. It has not been crafted and created specifically designed for everyone to be happy. You have a hard time going to the mall and and not coming out, you know, in one piece. But you imagine a world that is crafted delicately, intricately by God the Father through Jesus Christ from the foundation of the world, specifically designed, every fiber of its being, designed for you to have life and joy and gladness in His presence. I can't even begin to understand what that looks like because all I see is now and in the in-between, which is discouraging and depressing and dark, and it gets heavy and all the hard work. But you've got to have a hope that you were created for a kingdom and the king is coming. And the king is coming. My hope is in a God who had a plan for me since the foundation of the world. And because I choose Christ... I know I was created for a kingdom. Hmm. Close with this. Paul said in Colossians, he said, that mystery which was hidden from all ages past and all generations. Colossians 1 26 says, now it's been made manifest to you. The wrapping came off, the box has been opened. You have the greatest present given to you this Christmas. And there's no more secrets. The secret's out of the bag. You are created for a kingdom. And that kingdom is here now, and it's coming. He says, verse 27 He will make known what is the riches of the glory of this mystery among the nations, which is here's the secret. What is that mystery? What is that riches? What is that glory? What is the ultimate sum of all of this? It is Christ in you. If you want more than that, there isn't any. There is nothing better than having Christ in you. You are made to have fellowship with this God who knew you before the foundation of the world. And his great secret, his master plan, is that you would have Christ in you for all eternity. Would you bow your heads and your hearts with me this morning? That is, Paul says, the hope of glory. You were created for a kingdom. You were created to have Christ in you. And maybe today, every head bowed and every eye closed, You are having a hard time in the in-between. You're having a hard time living in the now between what you're expecting for and hoping for. And it's gotten hard in all the hard work. It's gotten lonely in all the loss. It's gotten difficult in the dreariness, in the darkness. Jesus said, I've come that you may have life and life more abundant. That you should repent and believe, believe, believe in the kingdom. That He's come. He's inviting you. Come, you who are blessed of my Father. Receive something I've prepared for you from the foundations of the world. It's yours. I've made it just for you. You have hope today. You have joy today. Can you live in the middle and the in-between with expectation and excitement and joy and confident hope that in the middle of tribulation, it doesn't matter what we're going through. God has a plan, church. He has a plan. And it's Christ in you. Christ in you. I want to invite you just to respond in the way the Holy Spirit is prompting you to respond. Today, if you need to make a first declaration with Christ. Maybe you just need to confess your life and just repent and believe in the good news and you want someone to pray with you. These altars are open.